Hey, Tom, what's going on with you, man? Hey, man, just hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. Like a hair in a biscuit. That's, uh, that's, con that's concerning. I would be, <laughs> I'd be bothered if I pulled a hair out of my biscuit. Yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes you got to hang in any way you can. What's, uh, what's uh, the last couple of months look like for you? The world's been a little crazy here. It has been a little bit crazy. You know, there's been a lot of uh, adapting uh, to the present circumstance and adjusting things a little faster than maybe you planned on, you know, three months ago. But uh, we've adapted pretty well at Rise, so things are looking okay at this point. What, uh, what did Rise look like uh, a couple of months ago? What was the initial effect of the shutdown when we were just in the, the two weeks to flatten the curve? And then uh, once it has gone on indefinitely, how has uh, that changed for Rise? How has it changed for you as a, um, as a leader in the organization? Regardless how I feel about this virus, and its legitimacy or anything. I look at the how I am running my company a little bit like maybe a soldier would when he's put into battle. The time for questioning why we got into that battle as a country is long gone, and the time to react to the gunfire is upon you. So at that point, it was just about reacting and what my company was going to do. And I feel like I performed maybe at a higher level then than I have over the last couple of years, I um, I knew it was a crisis that could cause a lot of havoc in my industry. Um, so I made decisions, some solely myself, and some gave options to other people in my organization. Um, immediately said, we're not closing as a company. We're staying open. Um, let all employees know if they didn't feel safe, that we were fine with them not working, and we wouldn't fight unemployment. Then we, we did curbside pickup in our stores. We turned that function on. We were fortunate that we had already adopted all the delivery platforms and online ordering in our company. So we were set for that. We stopped doing any dine-in, so we moved all the chairs out. Uh, we changed to kiosk ordering only and got in, in a cashless environment where we weren't dealing with cash with an individual. We put out a video showing how we sanitize our stores and what we're doing to help protect the customer and our employees and we did all this relatively fast we did all this with you know within really days of it breaking out so we saw a drop from that point dropping down to a little less than 40 percent drop in business which is now recovered to where we're post post corona corona virus numbers and each of the and then after we set that in the company i started talking to people inside the community kind of spreading my experiences through going through a similar yet different scenario back when the financial crisis happened and what I had to do to keep my company open. And in those type of talks, I talked about just pay your employees and your purveyors. Don't pay your taxes, but file your taxes. Don't pay your rent. Don't pay your utilities. Let that play out. Get it pushed back. Find out what the government's going to do. Don't count on getting any help from the government. Count that as gravy on your biscuit if you do get it but start reacting to the what's right in front of you. And what this did is for me personally, it made me feel better about myself that I was actually useful in a situation like this. It um, helped me get some wins behind my back with my company. Um, maybe a little bit more belief in the decision process making that I've been making. And then in a two week period after this is gone and I had done some stuff, I kind of crashed a little bit and that's when the bluntness of the reality of what had been going on really hit the home. And I was that's when I was uh, getting a little depressed about the situation.
and had to start working myself out of that. Do you think of yourself as like a, a game day or do you, do you thrive a little bit better under that sort of harsh pressure typically? I do. I've always kind of been that kind of person, even in the restaurant. Like you, you want me on your team when shit hits the fan. Um, I'm, I am definitely a game day player. Have, I can think back to a couple of situations like a, a Hurricane Fran coming through when I was uh, – uh, an older teenager back home and seeing the community come together and everybody get out and cut the trees out of the road and all that stuff so people could get in and out of the neighborhood and seeing how um, the the people who took charge in those situations took charge with that confidence that carried folks. And your, um, your presence on social media right in the beginning of this did a lot for a lot of folks. They were holding you up, uh, putting up your talks and um, you know, about how you were sort of talking everybody through how to handle this. What did that look like after that? Did you have people reaching out almost like, like as a consultant, like, you know, help me figure out how to do this in my business? I did. I had a lot of people kind of reach out for me for different things and that, but then it became fairly obvious a week or so into it that people already kind of made the decision on the direction they were going to go, whether they were going to bunker down um, by themselves, bunker down their company or continue pushing with their company. And some of those had to do with the whatever the government said to do at those times. Some of them had to do with own personal beliefs. Some of them had to do with financial reasons. But at that point, it wasn't really very beneficial for me to continue putting out advice because somebody may have done something against what I said or, or just, and I didn't want to make them feel like they're doing the wrong thing because what they were doing for their business is a lot different than what maybe I was doing for my business. So I was trying to speak from the point of view of for me and my experience only. So, you know, you and I were both hit so hard. Our yeah. industries um, were two of the hardest hit industries, right? How, how did you react to everything going down? You know, as a leader you are, and you're, you're someone who's actually, you know, you are put on a pedestal and where you work and what you do in that leader position. So I'm sure it was stressful. Yeah, we're still we're still dealing with it. We're still not a, able to open and uh, uh, work with clients and customers in our actual dojo. Um, but fortunately, but just blind luck, about two years ago, I started doing more stuff digitally. I, I built a YouTube channel, so we had some cameras, we got some lights for the dojo, so we were able to uh, pivot within a week and uh, have some online classes up. And that served as a buffer. It's allowed us to um, maintain about half of our, our clientele, which has been great. Um, now, we have a big staff at our dojo. We, we, we're an old, very established dojo. We had lots of, uh, lots of students, lots of clients before this. Um, it's going to look different once we come back, and we're still not even sure when we can come back. Uh, my, my personal leadership style, I didn't know that I had a style until I, I saw the comparison but I, I'm, I'm fine if, if I'm out on the mat. Like, I, I'll be the first one there. I'll be the last one to leave. I'll be the hardest guy uh, working the whole time. And as a leader, I think that, that's an easy, probably the easiest way to do it. But with this situation, I wasn't in front of everybody. We had the team split up. We were having to communicate through uh, text and through, you know, uh, through Zoom stuff like this. And um, I reached out to my first martial arts teacher. He's a, a career military guy, just recently got out, was doing some contracting stuff. Um, but he's one of the most knowledgeable folks when it comes to leadership. Like I've seen him uh, 
you know, get people fired up at their tests in the mountains each year and like motivate them and, and get them to work as a team. And I've always been blown away by his leadership capacity and capability. So I reached out to him like, how do I do this from a distance? And he sort of sent me a formula and he's like, all right, you know, first thing in the morning you get up and you, you send a message to everybody, check on them, make sure they're doing okay. Make sure they have what they need. Uh, you know, about noontime, figure out some, uh, a couple days a week that you're getting in touch with them and you just over communicate over, over support. And then, you know, I've heard this from a couple of, uh, a couple of places, but leaders job is uh, real simple it's to take the blame and to give the credit. And, um, and once I got my head around that, like, all right, if something's messed up, it's my fault. It's, it's on me to fix it. I'm going to figure it out. And if something gets done, uh, something does, if there's some home runs hit, you know, hold up the team, hold up the guys that are, that are in the trenches doing the work. And, uh, just as a guiding principle, like as a guiding light, if, if I can stay true to that in my mind, uh, and in my actions, it seems like we've, we've, we've been effective. Like the, the guys are, are working their hardest. Now it's different for us. We've, we've all got day jobs, you know, prior to COVID we would come in and wrestle with our friends and work out all day. And like, we got a chance to be around people. We want. And now we're getting up and we're editing videos and filming videos and typing copy and, uh, making social media posts and stuff like that. So, um, I'm really grateful for the team that I have because they've pivoted so quickly and effectively. And uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, I'll just call him Jay, my, my, my mentor that helped me with this, but uh, big, big time, big Jay helped me out, gave me some good advice. Uh, appreciate that. It's interesting as you were saying that about checking on your troops in the morning and giving them plans and midday sounds very much like my experience in the military and something that subconsciously, I guess I was, was definitely over communicating with my, my my partners and with my managers and with my franchisees and just putting out like what our sales have been that week, giving them a, a breakdown of stuff for the week and how we were going. And that, I think that was huge for the way I was able to encourage them to follow my lead. What have you done? What have you done to take care of you, to keep you strong, to keep you in, in leadership shape, uh, to deal with the stress of all of it as everything's happened? It's been what, three months? It, it was yeah, three months. I, I think what I've, Bigger thing, it was already part of my routine, which was to get up, make my bed, which I started doing with my wife at that point, which actually helped us through the day a little bit, being cooped up here with the kids. And did my daily affirmation and my prayer, which prayer became more important than where it was before, moved up and meditating. And those started me out in the day. What I didn't do is exercise or watch what I eat. And I probably put on what I used to call the COVID-20 it's more like the COVID-30 by now. Um, and we're ready to start working on that when time's up. I think I taking care of myself became moved back on the plate of what I was taking care of at this time. I was really trying to make sure that the systems that we'd already put in place were working efficiently across the brand and that we were making adjustments that made sense. And even now I'm trying – I'm somewhat of a forward thinker with business and I'm trying to say, what's the next thing that we need to be working on? As soon as restrictions were lifted a little bit, I went around and visited all my out of state franchises. So I went to seven states in seven days with my daughter and visited just to take the temperature and find out what was working and what wasn't and made those adjustments. So to answer your question, how have I taken care of myself? Not great. Um, 
but how am I taking care of my job, which I also get a lot of self-worth from? I've done great. And I think so that helps take care of me to an extent. I still talk to my therapist via, via Zoom once a week during this whole time, and that's helped a lot. How about you? What have you done to take care of yourself? Working out like a madman. <laughs> uh, like I'm, I obviously haven't been able to do jujitsu as much. So like my uh, cardio output went down really quickly. So I, I picked up running again. I've started running about three times a week. Um, I've been lifting a lot right as everything started. I went to Lowe's and got all the stuff I needed to set up a pull-up bar at my house and pulled a bunch of kettlebells from the dojo. So I'm, I don't, my cardio is not as good as it was pre COVID, but I'm big and strong. I've been, uh, taking, uh, all restrictions on diet off. I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like three times a day and doing push-ups and pull-ups. And, um, I'm, I'm a little softer than I was, but like I've, you know, if, if I don't run out of gas, I'm going to be hell on the mat when we come back, which will be good. Um, spend the, the, the silver lining for, for me has been the time that I've been able to spend with my son. Um, you know, he was going to preschool a couple times a week and we sent him to this outside preschool. We call it, um, we call it outside school with him and it's a fantastic school. It's a nature experiential school so they like they don't even have a building they have a teepee they, they go in their teepee when they need to get out of the rain um but they had to switch they had to go to online stuff and to take a, a group of um uh, used to doing their stuff outside and doing it with you know preschool age kids and trying to have a zoom meeting it made me crazy i was having to watch my son like try to like stare in the computer and interact with his classmates and it was really affecting him so real quickly i decided uh, it, it's he and me now, like we need to do stuff. And, you know, of course my wife is doing great. They're, they're at the beach together today. Um, but we bought a, uh, we bought a stand up paddle board. So we've got a kayak and a paddle board. Now we spent a lot of time out on the lake together. We've, um, we've been, you know, digging up worms in the yard and going fishing and hanging out. We've been making fires. We've been, uh, we built him a big sandbox. We've been playing with that we got a bunch of chickens and he he's like the chicken whisperer he's always walking around with like two little chickens under each arm and so the the part of it has been super stressful but that part of it has felt like a um it was sort of a pause you know I was getting up and like running first thing in the morning to work and working all night and coming back home and going right to bed but you know I get back home it's eight o'clock you know I can read him a couple of stories. We can take our time. Um, some of the stuff that he's been working on as a kid, his, um, his speech, uh, working on, uh, you know, reading and learning different things and that sort of stuff. I've seen incredible development because we've all slowed down. We can do it at his pace. Right. You know, there's kind of two different things I see happening. Not a lot of middle ground. I'd say some people when put in the situation in homeschooling that really embraced it and, you know, a lot of what you talked about in the past has been around that anyways. Wanted to go that direction. You're kind of that type of parents anyways. And then the other side of the people who are like, my wife and I, we're just a little overwhelmed by how this works and not really signed up for that. And not that that's kind of a cop-out in a way, but it's also like, wow, so you have a 17-year-old daughter that's a junior in high school. I have twin 10-year-olds. I'm 55. My wife's 54 it's kind of hard to change that program there. And, you know, I think that there's, you know, it's going to be hard transitioning back. I'm more curious in a 
being a little more disciplined as we transition back into school and that social activity is for my twins being social is a big deal and for my 17 year old too for the twins they're only social when they tried to do zoom meetings with their class but kind of like you said didn't really work the only thing that's really worked for them socially is playing games with their friends online where they're just chatting about stuff and playing games that are nonsensical non non-competitive but just talking and soothing somewhere in there and you feel like you want or i feel like oh, i need to pull them back from that but at the same time, I'd be pulling away their social activity that they're kind of having at this point until we can transition into more traditional way of interacting with other kids. So I feel somewhat disappointed in myself and how I've reacted with my kids during this time. There was no playbook, especially for someone like me at this point. You know, I know after this, there's a couple of things I want to. You know, I, I can't wait to get back on the mat. I can't wait to start doing jujitsu again. I can't wait to start rolling again. I can't wait to have you know, all my friends back in here training with me, but at the same time, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make myself crazy and leave first thing in the morning before the sun's up and come back way after Raiden's gone to bed. Now I'm going to adjust, we're going to adjust the schedule at the dojo. We've, we've got an opportunity to completely recreate uh, how we do business, how we do everything. And uh, we're going to have to ease into it anyway to maintain uh, social distance and, um, sort of the, the the recommendations for safety, so we can we can craft what we want. But I know I, I know what I don't want it to look like going forward. Just through having this opportunity for comparison, and I think that's one of the great opportunities that comes out of this is the ability to reexamine your business model. You know, for me as well, the changes that I made during this time, changes I made prior to it, during it, and what I foresee coming in the future are positive things for the overall health of my employees experience. And, you know, we went from, you know, our hours cut back, we got rid of the cash register person, which really didn't add anything to the experience of RISE, anything that a kiosk can't do. Um, we're making that customer service point from the person who hands out food. What that did is lower the hours of what we're gonna be bringing back in. So we took some jobs away during this process but it enables us to pay the people who do work more. So we're in a position where everybody in our company is making $15 plus an hour, you know, with tips, which we haven't been able to be there before. I want to keep that. It's going to enable us a situation where we can do some things to help our employees because our employees, a lot of them are minorities or people with less options. We're talking about a whole slew of five things that we want to do to try to help people get out of those situations. Now that we have the resources to do it, based by the way we had to remodel our company and how we vision ourselves for the future. So all that's a winner. We can only do it for fewer people, but at least we can do it for somebody. So I look at that as a winner. Tom, have you implemented any changes in RISE that you see yourself continuing to keep post-coronavirus? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for us was the cash register position. When we went cashless and started using the kiosks for order placements. You know, back in the beginning days of Rise, we only had a registered person to place orders. Now we have, we had a registered person, we had kiosks, we had online ordering, we have four delivery platforms and we had telephone orders. Those are a whole lot of different ways orders come in. And what we found by eliminating the cashier person is that it exposed some of our operation procedures that had a lot of workarounds in it, a lot of shortcuts. So it wasn't concise throughout the system. 
So I spent time in there eliminating what was bugging the manager and what they didn't work and streamlining those processes to where they work in this environment even better. And that's made us way stronger. We've also got our PL looking the best that it's ever looked as far as cost of goods and labor, just in, in, in ratios that make sense for a healthy business. And that's really made the future look a lot brighter to me. And well, in, in terms of martial arts, there's so many things that you can focus on. And um, you know, we've always placed a big emphasis on the, the sensitivity to another person's pressure, the ability to take another person's balance so that you could take them down, finding the correct angles so that you can generate results with least amount of effort, uh, least amount of uh, exertion, that sort of thing. And that's gone, right? Like we don't, most of our folks don't have a training partner uh, in their, uh, in their house as they're quarantined. And so we've specifically had to focus on precision, uh, maintaining our individual balance, uh, dexterity, uh, especially with, you know, using some of the longer, more classical weapons, which have been, you know, traditionally in, in my dojo, a smaller part of the curriculum. Like I'm, I, I want to be as practical as possible. So we're, you know, what do you do if somebody comes up and attacks you? But right now people are really digging, you know, what does it look like if I've got my big katana or a, a six foot staff and uh, what are these concepts? How do they translate in terms of like unified body movement and power development? So I'm honestly excited to see what our students look like when they come back. It's, it, I think everybody's going to be, able to get in a much lower position. They're going to be a lot harder to take down. They're going to generate a lot more power with their movements. And I see um, maybe some of the reasons why the generations before put all this emphasis on this sort of training, like, you know, with the advent of uh, UFC and mixed martial arts and that sort of stuff, people's martial arts expressions have sort of tightened up. You know, people want to they want to punch and kick and wrestle on the ground. And that's, that's the only thing that works and everything else is a waste of time. But, um, you know, I guess this isn't the first pandemic in history. It's not the first time people have been forced to train alone. And I'm seeing almost like a, a reinforcement of what I would call like the classical training ideas. And uh, I'm excited to see what it, what it does produce in a student that doesn't specifically do one thing, you know, they're not just doing modern martial arts and they're not just doing classical stuff, but what is, what does the martial artist look like that's got both of those abilities uh, intertwined? So. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting that the kind of the flow of what you're doing is changing with society and what's going on. Yeah, it, it has to, you know, I, I don't want to make it where it's a, we're just doing katas again, or we're, we're sort of looking like a, uh, a 1980s karate school nothing wrong with that but it's not what i'm passionate about but you know i've got some amazing martial arts instructors and mentors that have helped uh pass along some solo training drills to me that we're passing along to our students and uh, we've put a lot more emphasis on the things that we can put it on and i believe uh when it's all said and done everybody's going to be more capable I think the people that are going to suffer are the ones that have just sort of shut down during the whole thing. There was a lot of um, noise in the very beginning. Like if you don't come out of this, you know, month long pause without learning a new language or, you know, uh, taking up running or doing something like that, you're wasting your time. And I don't think that everybody had to jump 
two feet into like, you know, complete like self betterment at all times. Don't waste any time. But I do hope that people took the opportunities and are continuing to take the opportunities to work on what you can work on. Like the, you know, we, we have a constant, uh, theme in our discussions of Kaizen. Can I be a little bit better than I was the day before? Can I constantly improve just a little bit? And, um, and we probably can't do that as a whole right now, but I can work on what I can work on. And, uh, you know, so I hope that uh, folks were able to continue to do that. Yeah, I think that this, the virus and even the protests to extent have helped me really look internally and evolve as, as a company. Because both of those things happen are a time to reflect on if you are, how are you running your business? How are you treating your people? How are you looking to the future? How are you going to evolve? What are you going to be next? Than what you are now. And that evolution is healthy for all of us, I think. So everybody out there listening, thank you so much for, for listening and your time. With everything that's going on right now, take care of what you can take care of. Try to relax a little bit, but you know, keep making the progress as best you can on the things that you can work on. Look out for each other. Be kind to one another. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's going through some stuff right now. Obviously, there's more that we can talk about, but uh, I look forward to coming back and do another one of these shows with Tom soon. Well said, Hardy. And I'll leave it with a uh, love and respect, baby. Love and respect to everyone, yourself and everyone around you.